Over time, society demands various things from us, and we respond by refining our skills and thoughts. Contemporary psychologists, including Lewis Terman, believed that the intelligence quotient IQ is the only important part of a person. At a young age, he knew he was different and gifted than other kids around him. To him, intelligence is a natural characteristic that predicts our path in life and IQ tests could capture the raw brain power. To confirm his theories, Terman modified the old IQ test and created a formula for tracking results. His goal was to enable schools to develop and use teaching suitable for each child's ability. In 1920, he started to use this tool to track the lives of gifted kids fondly called termites in California. Over 1,000 children were selected. For several decades, Terman's team followed and studied the progress of these children. One of the termites, Shelley Smith, dropped out of Stanford University and launched a successful career at Life magazine as a reporter and researcher. She got married to photographer Carl Maidens, and today, they travel around the world. The use of the IQ test is not really in fashion anymore, but some schools still use standardized tests inspired by IQ. For instance, U.S. colleges use the Scholastic Aptitude Test SAT to capture the necessary abilities of applicants for admission purposes. Other vital skills, like practical problem-solving and creativity, are discarded as irrelevant. However, these tests do show our learning and complicated info-processing abilities. If you want to study courses like computer science or law, higher intelligence is an advantage since you will be able to learn and apply abstract or complex ideas. But, we can't entirely rely on the test results without considering the changes in behavior and performance that aren't included in the results. In various fields, we have seen people that do better than people with high IQ scores. Despite the general intelligence of the termites, most of them made a conscious decision to avoid stressful and high-flying career. Not only do general intelligence and academic education fail to protect us from various cognitive errors, smart people may be even more vulnerable to certain kinds of foolish thinking. Flynn Effect has come out to challenge the interpretation of general intelligence as an almighty learning and problem-solving ability. The Flynn Effect indicates a sudden spike in IQ over the last few years. Psychologist Flynn became interested in IQ when he stumbled on weird claims that people from some races are less smart. He believed that environmental factors could be used to explain the differences in people's IQ. While analyzing studies, he surprisingly found that intelligence for all the races has been increasing over the years. Contrary to what psychologists have believed for years, they thought that we mainly inherit intelligence from our parents. The sizable societal change could be due to the symbols and patterns that we were taught from childhood. Children have learned to think more in abstract terms, which is causing IQ to increase over time. Our minds have been modified into Terman's image. The Flynn effect shows that training one aspect of our reasoning won't automatically lead to the development of other problem-solving abilities. Results from studies about Flynn effect suggested that general intelligence is based on the interaction of our genes with the surrounding culture. Our non-verbal reasoning has improved massively, but skills like navigation that are not measured in IQ test, have deteriorated. We have only developed specific skills that will boost our abstract reasoning. General intelligence tests are just one aspect of our mental machinery that controls how we analyze and absorb complex theoretical information. We need to find a way to incorporate other elements that are not mainly related to IQ. Emotional intelligence was the next buzzword to become famous. 
It suggests that our social skills govern our outcomes in life, but critics argued that EQ tests are flawed and not as useful as IQ tests. Robert Stenberg at Cornell University developed the triarchic theory of successful intelligence. It looks at three types of intelligence, i.e. creative, analytical, and practical, which work together to influence decision-making in various situations and cultures. As a second grader, Steinberg was labeled as a dumb kid because he froze during his first IQ test. Everyone around him believed that he was a dunce, he thought it was right too. His academic performance only improved when his fourth grade teacher believed in him. He eventually graduated first in his class. According to Stenberg, the ability to achieve success in life, according to one's standards, within one's socio-cultural context. Analytical intelligence is what Lewis Terman was studying. It includes abilities that allow us to solve complex problems and excel at tests. However, creative intelligence is our ability to invent, imagine and suppose. Practical intelligence is our ability to plan, and implement an idea, and get past overwhelming, messy problems in life. Social or emotional intelligence falls under practical intelligence. We can decipher motives and persuade people to do what we want. It is super hard to teach or test practical intelligence, but it can be developed at school. For instance, when students are asked to describe a historical event, they will have to come up with pragmatic solutions to problems that are new to them. The creative and practical tests designed by Sternberg were used in a study with over 7,700 students. Stenberg and his team found that children taught to build their creative and practical intelligence gained the most and performed better on memory-based, probing questions. Though Stenberg's research has not revolutionized educated as much as he wanted, it has prompted other researchers to do more exploration of tacit knowledge and a new concept known as cultural intelligence. Soon August, a management professor at the Nanyang Technological University in Singapore pioneered most of the work on cultural intelligence CQ. In the late 1990s, Soon August was working as a consultant. She had to help a team of programmers work together effectively. Soon designed a measure of CQ to determine people's sensitivity to various cultural norms. She discovered that some people are much better at interpreting signs and adapting to a specific culture in unfamiliar situations or countries. It is essential to understand why intelligent people lack sound judgment. As higher intelligence usually drive us into major mistakes, instead of shielding us from errors. We can get compelling results by improving our reflective skills and merging them with other principles of evidence-based wisdom. In the summer of 1787, delegates were arguing furiously about the writing of the new U.S. Constitution. Benjamin Franklin was the delegate from Philadelphia, and his mindset differed from the majority. He was all for reaching a compromise, which helped to calm the tension erupting between the representatives. Benjamin Franklin helped to refine the proposal that eventually ended the arguments. He suggested the House control spending and taxation while the Senate handle executive orders and state sovereignty. Franklin's stately, calm reasoning is a huge difference to the myopic, biased thinking that is associated with great expertise and intelligence. He merged his open-minded behavior with emotional regulation, superb social skills, and practical sense. Though he didn't know about everything, he often managed to handle complex situations wisely. We seem to become wiser as we age. In the 1970s, ethnographic research was done to study how people use wisdom in their daily lives, though the findings didn't gain much popularity. There was only a peak in the interest for a scientific measure of wisdom after the financial crash in 2008. 
A psychologist at the University of Waterloo, Igor Grossman, carried out a randomized controlled trial on evidence-based wisdom. He wanted to learn more about metacognitive components that guide people toward a sophisticated understanding of situations. He asked his test subjects to think aloud about different dilemmas. Their responses enabled him to score them based on their humility and the sophistication of their point of view. He found that wiser participants are more capable of thinking around problems, regardless of their intelligence. Comparison of the participants thinking to the various measures of well-being confirmed that more thoughtful people do better in life, are happier in relationships and are less prone to getting depressed. Therefore, qualities like intellectual humility and the ability to understand the perspective of others might reveal more about your well-being than your actual intelligence. To apply our intelligence rationally, we need to avoid allowing our gut feelings and emotions to control our actions. Most intelligent and educated people are not able to use self-reflection to deduce signals and determine cues that might lead them astray. They justify grave judgments with knowledge and intelligence. The good news is that we can learn reflective skills and how to mix them with evidence-based wisdom. The knowledge will lead to an improvement in our creativity, memory accuracy, and social sensitivity. Reflective skills improve naturally over the years. To speed up the process, one can practice mindful meditation, training the mind to pay attention to the sensations in your body and reflect on them without judgment. Doing this can help to debias our decision-making and improve our intuitive instincts. Since, there will be an improvement in the elements of our emotional compass, i.e. regulation, differentiation, and interoception. We get caught in the intelligence trap when we find it hard to stop and think past our readily accessible feelings and ideas. We need to step into a vision that differs from the world around us. Modern psychologists have discovered that curiosity is way more essential than general intelligence to our development from childhood to beyond. Let's go back to the late 1920s. Termites Lewis Terman's geniuses were commencing their studies at high school. There was a boy named Richard Feynman who was fiddling with things in his home lab in New York. He was above average, but his IQ of 125 was way below that of termites in California, so he never got within the radar of Terman. He was fond of building projects and doing experiments, even though most experiments often fall short of his plans. Richard once set fire to his waste bin while trying to poke holes in a paper with sparks from an ignition coil. Richard Feynman kept learning and stretching his mind with math exercises. He went on to complete his degree at MIT. Today, he is known as one of the most popular physicists of the 20th century. He transformed the field of quantum electrodynamics. His persistent, analytical mind made him learn and apply himself to various fields such as art, genetics, foreign languages, etc. The story of termites has made it clear that general intelligence will fail if there is no development of the initial potential. Most of the termites started with a natural advantage, but most did not capitalize on it. Richard Feynman claimed to have begun with limited intelligence, which he used productively and continued to develop throughout his adulthood. Latest psychological studies on personal development and learning have now begun to observe a surprising merging with the theory of evidence-based wisdom. Studies found that mental habits and cognitive qualities that might determine if we can flourish like Feynman. As we stretch our minds, our learning will improve. So, we will maximize our potentials when faced with new challenges. We will be providing a solution to our one-sided thinking and mental laziness that adds to the intelligence trap.
Modern psychologists have found that curiosity trumps general intelligence when it comes to our development throughout childhood, adolescence and beyond. According to a child psychologist, the need to know more attitude is a basic innate hunger or drive for kids. We know that curiosity is crucial to our first stage of development, but we don't know more than that. Primarily due to the practical difficulties, no specific standardized tests exist, so psychologists have to focus on unrelated indicators. To observe curiosity in kids, one can study their number of questions, how they interact with the environment and their toys. However in adults, one can use behavioral tests or self-reported questionnaires. Most studies on curiosity looked at its effect on learning and memory, showing that the curiosity of a person can reveal the amount of material that is remembered, the depth of understanding, and how long the material is retained. Therefore, highly curious people find it easier to remember facts than other people. Brain scans showed that curiosity leads to the activation of a network called dopaminergic system. The neurotransmitter dopamine is responsible for our desire for sex, drugs or food. Curiosity is a sort of lust or hunger. The neurotransmitter also reinforces memory storage for a long time in the hippocampus, and this is why curious people feel motivated to learn and remember more. Curiosity doesn't seem to have killed the cat. Instead, being curious opens up our minds to learning and better understanding. Once people become interested in something, a dose of dopamine released primes their brain for learning anything, they will be able to memorize related information. Due to this fact, some psychologists term conscientiousness, curiosity, and general intelligence as the three pillars of academic success. A person lacking in any of these three qualities will suffer much. Curiosity also allows us to develop tacit knowledge at work. This has several health benefits such as less stress, improved social skills, improved creative intelligence, higher motivation level, etc. The result is a more fulfilling and more productive life. Our strength lies in our beliefs about our talents. For instance, when a psychologist at Stanford University, Carol Dweck, asked kids to solve some logical puzzles, their abilities did not translate into success. The kids with a growth mindset believe that they will get better with practice. Meanwhile, those kids with a fixed mindset believe that their talent cannot be changed since it is innate. The latter set fell apart when faced with complex problems because they thought that they will always fail. Having a fixed mindset means you might be sabotaging your chances of future success by staying away from new challenges that will push you out of your comfort zone. Regardless of general intelligence, by improving our learning and overcoming failures, growth mindset and curiosity can change the course of our lives. Start boosting your curiosity by pinpointing your knowledge gaps to create a relevant mystery awaiting a solution. Conclusion The intelligence trap is a phenomenon that concerns everyone. As a society, some of our thinking has appreciated while other ones have been neglected. To accept other methods of learning and reasoning, we don't need to cast aside our general intelligence or learning of factual knowledge and expertise. By encouraging people to classify their problems, explore alternative perspectives, identify flawed arguments, and visualize different event outcomes, they will be able to boost their overall ability to learn and understand new material. This will encourage them to think more wisely. Furthermore, the principles of evidence-based wisdom can motivate anyone to use their potential maximally. To take a reflective approach toward your problems, think of a recent situation or event that made you upset, take a step back and describe the situation to yourself. 
Attempt online IQ tests along with EQ tests to get a better understanding of your skills and natural advantage. Make wiser decisions by working continuously on different types of intelligence and be humble enough to talk about what you know and what you don't. <laughs>